Hello, welcome to the High Hops Podcast with your host, Bradley White. With me as always, Wild Beer Guru, <laughs> Phoebe Ward. Okay. <laughs> you can't say that when we've got someone from Wild Beer well, actually coming in. Very true. So, Phoebe, what are we doing this week? Uh, this week, we interviewed uh, James Bargett of uh, Wild Beer Co. Mm, um, and Wild Beer on the Friday just gone, this episode has been released, uh, released three new sort of I guess winter beers? Yeah, what I mean, one of them was already released, mm. but yes, these other two are released, <laughs> like now. Yeah. Oh, fig. And um, they are? They are. Uh, so we have Cool Ship 2020 Grape Edition, mm-hmm. and we've got Whiny Beast 2020, mm-hmm. and we've got Babs the Third, as I like to call it. So we were, we've were we been given these beers by Wild Beer themselves. Yes, thank you um, very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, we had a really good time drinking them with James. As uh, you It ended up being a two-hour sort of sesh, chatting about all things... Everything. Barrel. Uh, James, if you haven't met him, is a wonderful personality. Yes. Larger than life. Um, but yeah, he is there. What, what, is, what, is, what is his title? Barrel Wrangler. Which we'll get into during the episode. Um, but yeah, we use this as a chance to just chat about uh, the beers, the process behind them, what you know, what it's like to work in a barrel store, basically. Yeah. It's a very different aspect than just brewing a beer. It's a, a lot of... There's a very fine line between experimentation and craziness and also... <laughs> the science behind what they do yeah um what i would have loved to put the full two hours out uh it's you know can get quite messy when you've drunk three very high percentage beers yes so this is a condensed version of those two hours Mm. um however you know feedback is great so let us know if you do want these episodes to be longer we're more than happy to i'm always concerned that they can seem rambly Mm. So I try to make them as concise as possible. But yeah, no, let us know if you want longer episodes when we do these interviews, because it lets me know what to keep in and what I need to cut out. (laughs) Let's go into our episode. Hi, I'm James. I'm the Barrel Wrangler at Wild Beer Co. Wild Beer have been about for about, I think it's eight eight years now. So it started in the end of 2012. two co-founders working for another brewery and they wanted to do something different so they came up with Modus and then started making lots of other beer. We generally do about 60 different beers a year so it's quite hard to keep up with it. The barrel aged stuff we're doing smaller batches but we're still putting out at least two a month. Yeah you guys I mean it seems like you've been pretty active during lockdown and obviously we're here today to talk about some of your your upcoming beers that you're releasing towards the end of the year. Yeah, these will be coming out at the end of the week on Friday. Well, I have to say that it's been almost exactly a year since we did the uh, Modus Operandi episode. It is. I remember we, we released that episode and then we saw you a month later and you were like, you've got Corrections Corner. Do you have that for like a whole episode? Because <laughs> I think I need to change <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, listening back and also like actually looking at my notes, which apparently I just didn't when we recorded that, I think it was modus comprende that we actually meant. So does that make any more sense? No, that makes less sense. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. it wasn't wrong. It just wasn't right. <laughs> Can I just say on air that I don't really drink Modus by the pint that much. <laughs> that much? That much. <laughs> that much. It's changed now. Oh, that's <laughs> changed. <laughs> 
do you want to briefly talk about before we get into our beers? Do you want to briefly talk about how you you fell into to world beer? Fell, fell was into your, it. Sort of, what was your kind of <laughs> what was your history? How did you kind of start working for them? I had a mate who well, I had a couple of mates who were getting into brewing, um, Mike and Stu, and Mike got a job at Moore, and Stu got a job at Wild Beer. Stu mm. kept saying, "Oh, we've got another job coming at Wild Beer. Do you want a job?" No. I don't want to work in a brewery. I was working in a care home. Mm. Working in a brewery seemed like a lot of hard work. Um, So I kept on turning them down. Then there was a Christmas job working on the online shop. I said, let's go for it. I was fed up with my job. It was getting really stressful and stuff. So I went for it. It was a three-month contract, and they kept me on. Nice. So one of my first jobs downstairs, not packing boxes, was waxing the modus. Beyond Modus, the original one. I just fell in love with it. It was such a nice drink. Yeah. I think for a long time that was my aim to be able to blend something like that again. Um, the other story is that they found me in the barrel store under some barrels. <laughs> I think I've heard you were like, what did they call you? Like the the barrel pixie or something. Like you were like a, a fairy that lives in, in the barrel store. Uh, I like that. I thought you were going to say, like, Gollum or something. <laughs> should we, cool, let's should we talk stop? about this yeah, bit. because we've all, we've all cracked it now. Yeah, so... so, yeah, go for it. You want to introduce it? I mean, we've already had a sniff. So this Cool Ship 2020 Grape Edition, three seasons ago, two years ago, we got invited by Firestone Walker to take part in the Project, Project, which is an American thing, mostly. Uh, Beaver Town are doing it or Tempest Project. I'm not sure. I don't know if there's any other UK breweries doing it. The brief is to make a 50-50 Wurton grape beer. Mm. Okay. We were given a rough, like, brew sheet, a grain bill and stuff. Worked out very quickly that it was all very loose in what you did. It was a really exciting uh, project to be involved in and the aim was to get saucy grapes from with the I'd see the one or two hundred miles of the brewery mm. and then put some of them, get them to macerate and then blend once they start fermenting you blend in the work. Right, okay. So we've got two years worth of Chardonnay grapes in here. Oh. Fermented with <laughs> sorry, what was that noise? <laughs> 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 someone drank a bit too much Chardonnay. <laughs> That's what I was getting from that. <laughs> Thankfully, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I was just thinking of other times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got some Chardonnay grapes really close from um, the other side of Wells, mm. a little vineyard called Perch Hill. And um, first year we had. 500 kilo I think and Brett and Sam so co-founder and um, operations manager and such were put something in the fooder that's so cool and we were all sat outside the fooder laughing our heads off at them because the grapes had been in a cold store overnight so they were freezing cold I bet but it was great um, really good to watch and then we quickly learned about volatile acidity in freshly pressed grapes and I had quite a panic because these were in wood. Mm-hmm. So volatile acidity is like, um, uh, it's, 
uh, nail polish pretty much acetone okay. and it's um it's volatile so it ferments off but we had it in our food and we did really didn't want to ruin our food with volatile acidity we didn't want beers to come out tasting like nail polish <laughs> so we got it out pretty quick we like got rid of the grapes and um moved well started making a beer hmm. uh, but we made it a bit like a orange wine we left the juice in contact with the grapes for as long as we could um i think it was five days and then quickly cleaned out the food and the best we could yeah made this made a number of beers we also bought some red juice that year so that being um fermenting in barrel with some other work and for the terroir we made this kind of rosé inspired um half red grapes half white grapes mm-hmm. and then half work which was an amazing beer yeah. which none of us really got to try i got to try it in the making and then brett runs off to america with the two kegs and i don't know <laughs> that was a fun project <laughs> you bought Lanny Brett? with with these kind of things so you said you started this like a couple of years ago yeah how do you kind of decide when's the best time like we're gonna we're gonna now kind of when does it when does it reach that point do you know pretty quickly or do you have an idea from the get-go when it's going to be ready it's that's a tough one um, in my head i like to work backwards i like to know what the finished project product's going to be mm. And you can't do that with this. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know if it's going to turn the wrong way or like suddenly turn the right way. And it's not always the case of acting really quickly when it does turn the right way. Yeah. Maybe you just want to leave it and let it round itself off. Um, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier and you were saying about trying someone's black IPA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They said, oh, give it two more weeks or a week and it'll be rounded off. And with these beers, you never know. Yeah. Um, you can change so, so drastically. Yeah. And it so subtly as well, but so many things going on at the same time. So, yeah, we've got that first year's grapes. Um, they were all fermented, naturally fermented on the skins. Mm. Then we did the same again second year. Mm. And we got about 300 litres of juice. Um, we topped that up with Minkazi work. So it's a 50-50 blend. Because uh, Ninkazi is usually made with apple juice. Mm-hmm. But with this one, we put it in with the grape juice uh, before we finished off a big vat, a big batch of Ninkazi. Yeah. So um, the original plan was just to be grape Ninkazi. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we were playing about with it, we were blending it. We had some cool shit barrels that seems to work perfectly for it mm. um and then another beer called squash grapes which once we press the grapes once we we put something we let them macerate we let the juice sit on the um on the skins and the stalks mm. and then we press them we borrowed a preston pilton cider and squashed all the juice out and then we put press squash grapes into a fermenter and put some work on top of that Mm. so we did that with red and white grapes 
Um, we released the Red Grape one not too long ago, like two months ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we are currently, we have it in front of us. Um, yeah. Like aroma-wise, I've been reading a lot about glassware, so I was like, I need a, oh, really? a good teku. I need to be able to get the aroma. We do actually have a wild beer teku, but we used it last night. You used it last oh, night. I wow. used it last night. I keep, I keep, you guys are doing really well because I keep chipping them and I buy Don't new know. ones because I wash them too thoroughly. Because <laughs> I always have a stout, so I'm trying to clean the inside and the then bun. I'm like, oh, no, right. let's get a new one. <laughs> so I've got to say, in the kitchen, these glasses can be really like delicate, mm. the tekus, but I use them for getting barrel samples. Mm. Yeah. So I'm climbing up and down the barrels, getting my, my mole grips and hitting them with nails. <laughs> <laughs> like hanging them off the side of barrels and stuff, and they barely ever break. What? I don't get it. No. You put them in the dishwasher and smash the whole yeah. lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I have no luck with tekus whatsoever. I always have to end up buying new ones, especially you as well. <laughs> I, I've been very good recently. You literally just like well, put your hand in and like slightly expanded and it just like Bang! <laughs> Did you want to talk about the actual beer itself? Yeah, I'll talk the about the beer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, on the nose. I mean, yeah, I think I feel like anyone would kind of just immediately go, it's it's a wine. It's it does it, it's a wine, but it's not it, on the nose. It's not as like acidic as a like a not acidic, but you know what I mean. Mm. Like in a whiny way, in a in a whiny way, it's a bit softer. I like the softness on it actually, because I think we tried your other cool ship from earlier yeah. this year, mm. and I remember that being harsher than this this is like quite soft yeah so there's a lot more body and a lot more mm. acidity mm. in the cool ship there's more sugar i think yeah the sugar from fermentation and i really want to try one now i haven't had one in ages <laughs> it'd be nice it'd be nice to have a glass of wine i don't don't know what kind of wine maybe a chardonnay <laughs> and um and a glass of this and a glass of cool ship and yeah. like see what they taste like see what a cool chip and wine tastes like blended together yeah i much prefer this like you say it's got it's got the body and it's got a nice soft mouthfeel to it it's not yeah it's not harsh mm. it also i'm trying to think <laughs> <laughs> these these yeah. drinks they make you think i'm trying to yeah there's yeah look they're just there's so much into them like you were saying it's in regards to blending and well everything you have so much to consider in regards to like the actual scientific chemistry that mm. goes on with yeah. different fruits like uh, the yeah, was, yeast I, exactly i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say like on that like it doesn't taste alcoholic <laughs> no it doesn't like actually. it's really it's like it's like a juice it is like a juice <laughs> i've got some um, cloudy lemonade as well yeah. <laughs> how's that going alongside of it it's kind of similar mm. a bit more like a bit more barnyardy <laughs> <laughs> yeah this isn't this hasn't got that kind of barnyardiness to it mm. and that was quite worrying making it because in the wine world they don't want any of that mm. um they try and avoid any brett influence and there's a lot of natural wines coming out which are kind of breaking that those trends mm. Mm. it's nice to have such a wine influence because it's like 20 percent grape juice in this mm. and yeah. i think and um yeah the balance is it's exciting for us to make something like this when you're working with the other the other guys on this um do they have much of an input or are you guys still kind of left to your own devices 
Andrew and Brett are still quite involved and they don't have to be, but you see a little glint in their eye when they are. And <laughs> it's really nice working with them on stuff like this. Mm. It's like I can just sit back and say, like, here's a ton of samples. You guys taste it. Yeah. Um, I'll just listen to what they're saying and how they're perceiving what they're trying. And like sometimes they'll have one of them go, Oh, that's definitely a wine barrel. And you're just sniggering in the background. <laughs> that came straight from a tank. It hasn't even touched the barrel. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is what you make it in your head. And we've got, um, I always forget his role, but he's like a head of operations or something along those lines. Um, Sam, mm. he's been in the company three years now, I think. And mm. um, he's getting more and more involved in blending. Um, the blends he's coming up with are so well thought out and so balanced and he's looking at all these things that I didn't even know were there mm. but it's great to learn all this stuff from him and when he came in it was like oh god his blends are going to be so clinical he hasn't got a touch of art about him <laughs> but working together like it just all comes out it's interesting to hear though that you have like the samples because in my head I sort of think like do they know do they know how much they're mixing when they're doing it? So it's interesting that you kind of have, I guess, what I'm, what I'm imagining is you basically do different percentages of each as a measurement, and then you go like, well, yeah. actually, that's too much, or that's not enough. So the great thing about working with barrels is they're all roughly the same size. Not all of them, but the ones we use. So bourbon barrels and whiskey barrels would be 200 litres, and then wine barrels are like 228 litres. Mm. Um, we've got some 250 and 300 litre barrels, but we're using a 10 mil syringe mm -hmm. and we'll have all the samples out. Nowadays, we all have to have our own tasting glass. So we'll like pour into our glass, pass it around, drink <laughs> and see what you think, talk mm. about it, move on to the next one, then get to the end. You know, bloody hell, I've drunk too much. <laughs> uh, the other day, we had Brett playing about with bitters and Ooh. we brought a bottle of. Um, we brought these beers down to taste. They've been in a warm room, so they've been conditioning for the mm. month. Um, just make sure that they don't go bad in any way. They don't go ropey or anything, and we don't, well, just check that they're all good. So we pull them all out of the warm room, wrap them in cloth and chuck them in the freezer for a bit, and then pull them out. And by the time we pull them out, Brett's like literally scratching his tongue. I'm ruining my palate. I'm ruining my palate. <laughs> he's American, so he didn't quite sound like that. But um, <laughs> then he starts drinking and he's making up like these um, food pairings to go with it. And I'm like, I don't know if I trust your judgment right now. <laughs> but yeah, when we've got a big, big blend on the table, you can have up to 50 samples. And you try them all first and then you start blending. And then you start trying everyone's blend. <laughs> so by the end of it, I'm starting to realise that I suffer more from acid than I do from alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, have these really acidic beers, and by the end of it, you're just sweating. Oh, God, what's that? But um, you've got to make sure you don't get to that point where you're like, right, that'll do. I can't take any more. We'll just go with that if mm. it doesn't work. We'll change it once it's blended. And you've got to, like, really fight that. and. Mm not make it too easy for yourself yeah yeah so that's where i've kind of learned to sit back and listen and pay attention and then 
just dashed off, start putting it together. And then once Wannabe's done it, everyone's fighting over the syringe and trying to find the empty glass in somewhere that nobody's put. So how do you kind of, when it comes to actual percentage of alcohol and like how strong it's going to be, this is like, this. I mean, the majority of the barrel age stuff we've had from you guys has been quite strong. And I think that's just kind of barrel barreling can be can make it quite strong in general but this is at what 6.5 yeah how, yeah how do you how do you control that and do you know where it's going to go in a way so yes and no i think if this had ended up like we intended it to with um ninkazi then it should have been nine percent so we blended it down quite a lot we've got the the cool ship at six percent mm. and um I can't remember what else went into it, but there were a few things that brought the ABB down, and um, we've got calculators to work that out. I don't understand <laughs> how the calculators work. There's a few things in brewing that I, I use these calculators, and I'm like, I should really understand this. <laughs> it's magic. I'm going to crack open a uh, whiny beast, I whiny think. Whiny beast. Yeah. Jolly so, good. And I've got to say, it's really nice of you to name a beer after Bradley. <gasps> oh. Whiny beast. The 2020 yeah. edition of Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> I just, last, thing, last thing about that last beer, the last thing I noticed as, as I was drinking, I don't like a small burp. And like I can taste the wine barrel. Is it a like wo- I could taste yeah. the woody barrel. Like it was a really interesting. Like oh yeah, that just goes to show it's like you know proper process because we have had beers where the the oakiness is kind of fabricated into this into the beer. Yeah, and you do notice yeah. the difference between a proper properly aged beer yeah. and a one that's just pretending to kind of have that process. Yeah, yeah, um, you can definitely notice. I don't know. There's a few cool things coming out. I think. Um... I think it's Siren. I've been working, kind of cutting up oak chips and putting them into a keg and mm. like recirculating the beer over it. Yeah, right. I've heard so of that you can, before. You can kind of clean up the barrels that you're chopping up. You can like mm. boil them and pasteurize them and stuff. Mm. So theoretically, you can make quite a nice, clean, woody beer rather than a Sour beer. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. It. <laughs> it's the blooming wax. This is this is all part of the experience with a with a beer from you guys. Yeah. Is the is opening getting the wax See off. See how quickly the beer. he got it off. How did you do that? Well, he does it. You know, x amount of times a day. He's constantly opening them and drinking. It, I guess when you're doing it, there isn't the wax on it. So I found well, a good tool. Yeah. I have helpers. Yeah. I managed to get that off in one. Look at that. There's all one piece of wax off the bottle, as opposed to Phoebe, where it's. So what do you what do you use to get off? Do you use just a regular bottle opener to get your wax uh, off? That? Or do you peel it from the bottom? I, I use my thumb. Oh. I'll get get under one of the bits and then peel it and peel it. Yeah, you Today, guys should, you guys really should release well. a video where just you show the the optimal <laughs> way of getting the wax off. That'd be really handy. Well, Brett gave a good explanation of how to do it on one of our talks back in like april or may oh yeah. did he okay um, so he, was saying, he was saying cut a cut a little bit in it yeah. under the cap okay like chop down or cut up i don't know 
and then just get the spotlight flow under that. That's what I just did. Sam yeah. struggles. He has to get a knife. Oh, Oh, good sound. That's a good sound. And I mean, that weight for that beer has just made it like 10 times more worse. You've worked for it. Yeah. Exactly. I guess, would you like to introduce us to you, Bradley 2020? No, <laughs> Whiny Beast. <Yeah. laughs> so, Whiny Beast 2020 is, um, I think it might be the fifth Whiny Beast we've done, fourth or fifth Whiny Beast. And fundamentally, we get wildebeest and we put it in wine barrels mm-hmm. mm. very simple pro- project process um first time i did it we had like four barrels i think we've done two barrels a year before mm. and then um and then all of a sudden i think must have been two years after that so one two three four five this might be six now, I don't know. Mm. Anyway, two years after that, all of a sudden, we've got 22 barrels and we've got like three different years worth of winey beef. Wow, okay. Um, and that was about two years ago. Yeah. Fast forward to this year and we've not got very many wine barrels of winey beef, but we do have a few rum barrels. Uh, okay. So we've... We've been experimenting, but also we've been playing a lot with Babs, and that's taken up a lot more focus in the yeah. stout realm. Yeah. But Wine Beast is like one of Andrew's favourite beers. Um, I've been collecting them one each year, and then one day I'm going to have enough balls to try and drink all however many editions of it there are. Not like whole bottles, it's not going to be <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> that's how you want to go out i've got all the balls ready and that's gonna be yeah. the best night ever <laughs> gosh i can smell like i can smell the rum was there something else in mm. the rum barrels though like, oh yeah you said it literally wildebeest so we like to we like to pronounce it wildebeest that makes more sense <laughs> yeah wildebeest even <laughs> definitely not spelt like that though if you were talking about no. if we're talking about the way things are written it's you guys you're the problem it's probably latin or something i know andrew likes to show off his schooling um so yeah i'm smelling the rum mm. i'm smelling oh. the vanilla like crazy vanilla and yeah like it's not i can smell the chocolate but it, you wouldn't be like the chocolate style yeah no it's... yeah that's not the first thing that gets into get to get to we've had this sat for a bit so this should be a good temperature yeah um have we had we have had whiny beast previous have we haven't we it was very big at the festival beer fest last year we had a keg of it on oh and yes yeah everyone was so mad about it and yeah. we had a keg of it on the year before and everyone was going mad about it. We we witnessed someone trying it for the first time, like live in front of us, and it was it was quite it was quite funny because uh, they weren't yeah. expecting the yeah. flavors that they got out of it. So it was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, last year's one was very um, punchy and acidic. Yeah. Um, this one's a bit more mellowed down. You've got yeah. It's still got this real nice white, like red wine, dry tannins on your tongue. Um, but yeah this is rummy I always feel with this one you know I'm expecting both of you to turn to me and go what why did you get that from it but because of the red wine and and the chocolate I kind of pull away like a cherry element from it 
Yeah. yeah. Which I always really yeah. like. Like that's a little, like little element that I quite like. We both agreed with you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's like <laughs> it's like a black forest gato, like yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, with yeah. like mm. those kind of deep cooked cherries, mm. as it were. Mm. No, definitely, and it's got a nice also, crema to it as well. Mm. A crema, eh? Yeah. Coffee talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's the right thing, Tell right? Me more. <laughs> I haven't got a clue what you're on about. Ah. You know espresso, they have like a bit of foam on the top. Yeah, like the foam yeah. of a coffee. That's a called a crema. A crema. Throw that in. That's for free. You can throw that into the next sort of beer talking uh, thing. Crema. Everyone was like, whoa. Yeah. That. Well, that's what they say on stouts. They don't call it a head, I've noticed. It's, it's, like, it's more of a crema, especially if it's coffee. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, what's your little, ah. what's your trick that you like about like stout that you oh, mentioned it, clings it in, to the side? You mentioned it last yeah. year. In I our love episode. it when it clings to the side because I think your it Did was you, it was one of modus yeah. that clinged to the side. It had a very stout like quality. Yeah, to it. you mentioned it in the episode. Last it must year. have been it was it must have been the iced one, right? Yeah, yeah, it must be. Which I'm, I I mean, I'm, I feel foolish that I didn't pick that up when I was visiting on, on you Friday. Yeah, you had I think well there was a bottle in the shop. Um, in the cheese shop, I saw there was We've one bottle. Ours. Well, it's an empty. Whoa. There was a full bottle, Phoebe. It had stuff in it. I know. Should have picked it up. I've been making vinegar into leftover ones that we've got knocking about the brewery. That's a good so idea. A lot of the time, we'll do a blend, mm. and um, then I'll chuck everything into like a one or two litre jug and put a coffee filter on top. Yeah. Well, chuck a vinegar mother in and then put a coffee filter on top mm. and see which of our beers may or may not turn into vinegar well. Ooh, and then you'll be selling vinegar as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it seems to be stout. It's a leftover from bad, bad blending, isn't it? But this is very good. It's got um, proper basey, chocolatey, like I can, there's a maltiness to it, but it's that's not what is giving it the base note. It's the chocolate, I think. Mm. Yeah. This is lovely. We put a small portion of very young winey beast or not that old wildebeest into it. Mm. We brewed the wildebeest in the tank and then transferred that into the fooder for it to like pick up some of the microorganisms. And um, didn't leave it there for that long, but it was kind of a holding tank. And um, yeah, blended some into this and some into Babs. Yeah. So you're getting a bit more fresh vanilla and a bit more fresh chocolate than you would on a mm. on a longer aged, more wine focused one. I was going to say this is a sipper and you drink it slowly, but I've just no. realised how quickly I've drunk <laughs> yeah. this. This is a ten point five, and it's ten point five. <laughs> and once again, very much like the last one, doesn't feel like a ten point five. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. 10. The last seven. One. 10.7. No, yeah, you're right, 10.7. And that's interesting because there's like it's there's a fine line between because sometimes you have like a 10 or a 12% stout and it's really thick and you're like, oh, this is really nice. And then there's like that whole argument about mouthfeel. Like sometimes if it's not thick and it's really high percentage, you almost feel like cheated in a way. Like sometimes mm. you go like, oh, it doesn't feel like a 10%. But like this doesn't feel like 10%, doesn't taste like a 10%, but and you drink it really quickly and yeah. it just tastes really nice still. And then you're like, oh, no, I've drank this really quickly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like you say, this one's being released um, end of this, well, next week, you say. Mm. And it would be like... Oh, by, the time, end of this, by the time this episode goes out, it, it would have been... The, yeah. All these beers will have been released the Friday 
So if you're, if you're listening to this Sunday night, oh. they got released on Friday. If you're listening to this down the line, they've been out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and future people. But this is like this is good for Christmas. Like you could. This is yeah. I was literally thinking let, yeah. this is this is like I'll pick up a bottle of this. Yeah. And after roast dinner, <gasps> a few hours after roast dinner, crack this out and share this with roast dinner. You, I mean, this would be great with roast dinner. The chocolate though. Oh. It's, yeah, there's not that much chocolate in it. Like that it. Okay. It would complement the beef, I think. I was going to say this is with the cheeses, surely. Well, the cheeses as well. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. during dinner, you can have it with the cheese later. Um, yeah, so you could let this sit until, like, yeah, Christmas Day, and it would it'd be amazing. Yeah. It's a nice ruby red colour as well, I've noticed. Yeah. I've always seen it as a nightcap kind of. I'm going to have to pull more to look at the ruby red. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, like, I remember Andrew explaining whiny beef is that kind of sat in your smoking chair with your brandy yeah. snifter and you're just warming it up in your hands mm-hmm. lovely yeah in front of the fire yeah but with what you were saying about stouts me and um one of the brewers jane have been talking about a dry stout mm-hmm. she's come from quite a traditional background and i've come from whatever background i've from this the wild background <laughs> um, um we were talking about dry stouts and i love guinness but it hadn't clicked in the conversation that we were talking about irish stouts and dry them being dry stouts mm. um so we're gonna have a um homebrew competition of making dry stout in our own way cool um so yeah quite a traditional kind of Guinness or Murphy's kind of a dry porter slash stout mm. against uh, like actual yeast dry stout where you use something that wouldn't like a phase on yeast or like a wine yeast or something just to get it fermented all the way down mm. um, yeah be a bit different <laughs> Yeah. yeah, whereas creating the, creating the body from other aspects. Mm. Mm. So you've got like um, the diastatic yeast that's, that everyone hates. Yeah. They're like one of my favourite yeasts because they convert sugars into, or complex sugars into simple sugars and they get fermented and you get all this mouthfeel from it. Mm-hmm. And um, like there's little tricks you can use in the brewery to get that kind of effect. But to let to see it get done naturally is um, yeah, it's mm. fun that we used to use. But you've got to be super careful. You've got to really clean up after yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone oh, sees everyone sees me as a dirty person at work. But <laughs> like if I don't if I don't clean up after myself, then there's going to be a big mess <laughs> for everyone else. <laughs> I just hope you guys really appreciate that. <laughs> totally. And they're all, they're all sat laughing their heads off now. <laughs> <laughs> From year to year, like, what do you decide to do? Do you always like to make it really different than the year before? Do you like to kind of, like, go, well, actually, that was a really good year. Let's keep it the same. Like, how difficult is it for you to find something you're really happy with one year and then go, cool, we're not going to do that next year? It's a really tough one. The what I was saying about waxing beyond Modus and loving that beer, mm. the original one, that was for that was beyond Modus one, mm. 
when Beyond Mode 6 was the first time, and I've been blending since Beyond Mode 3. Mm-hmm. So, um, Beyond Mode 6 was the first time I was like, fuck yes, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've hit the nail on the head, that's it. And then, not long after releasing that, it was the Vessel Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my last bottle of Beyond Mode 1 and Sam pulled out a bottle of Beyond Mode 4, I think. And we tried them side by side. And I was like, oh, shit. I, <laughs> I pulled that off a lot sooner than I thought. <laughs> and then I tried I tried six. Of, yeah, it is six, isn't it? And I was like, wow, wow, this is like a few steps beyond. This is completely, like, I had this really romantic image in my head of what that beer was like. Mm. And going back to it, it's like... I actually hit that a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah, Beyond Mode is a great example of a beer that changes every year. The first year was like this double barrel aged Modus with some like fruity barrels chucked in and like this really like bright, interesting blend of a dark, heavy, interesting beer. Mm. Beyond Modus 2 was a blend of dark and pale beers. It was dark and mild sour. Mm. 3 was first blend that I got involved with so I was like why aren't we doing an Imperial Stalker Stalker's the beer that goes into Beyond Modus we did that and it didn't come out at all like I like like I expected um, it was one of those big learning curves I think that was a good learning curve to then go on to work with um, Big Mike from Cascade and do Overture this year or last year we got to Modus 5 and we're like let's just do a different beer, like a different brew, and chuck it in some Isla barrels and see what happens. Yeah. That went insane. That went super sour, super smoky, super sweet. And it's proper, people love it and people hate it. I can't drink it. I can only cook with it. <laughs> um, it's, it's such a, like, poof, so much going on in it. And I yeah. kind of get that with this to an extent. The rum and the wine, mm. it's... A lot to take on, but it balances really well. Mm. I'm really yeah. proud of that. And again, with wine abuse, like it's usually wildebeest and wine barrels. Yeah. This has got a bit of other stout blended in. It's got the rum and the wine barrels. Yeah, I agree with you. Like it's it's you can tell the rum and wines there, but it doesn't overpower the drink. No. Mm. So if you're looking for those notes, but you don't want a drink that's going to hit you straight in the face, because you've had you know a, a barrel like. We've all had a you know beer before that's been aged in a rum barrel or a wine barrel, and then suddenly it's just like really punches you. Yeah. So if that's something yeah. you're not looking for, this is definitely going to deliver just kind of in the background. Mm. The only way you can tell this is even alcoholic is the warmth that you feel <laughs> when you've had like a fair amount. You're just the like, need oh. for cheese as well. <laughs> we've got oh, we've God, got some of your cheeses, isn't it? I can't. I can't. I bought. I, bought, I also bought some cheeses when I was around uh, to visit you. And I messaged Brilliant. him and was like, this is this is for Christmas. No, they're saying in really? the fridge. I didn't know they're for Christmas. They're for, yeah, for our oh, Christmas. They're, 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 they're for me to hold on for a couple of months. And then they we'll have them. They were for Christmas. Yeah, I'll probably end up eating them somewhere this week. But mm. <laughs> Shall we crack open? Let's do the last one. Babs the third. Babs. So, oh, are I, you? I'll open it. I oh, guess. it's here. 
Yeah, you don't have wax on this one. You're good. No. Um, Let me mark this. Let me. I'll mark our third and last beer. Yeah. Are we? Uh, I was going to say. There's a. Um, you told us obviously there was a temperature to serve them all at. Do you want to explain kind of why well, that is, or like a rough, you know, take them out beforehand? So, with Babs and Windies, I wouldn't bother chilling them. Like I was, I was thinking about putting them out in the porch for half an hour before trying them, mm. but. Um, there's so many flavours that come out when it's warmer. Yeah. Like wild IPA is a really good one. I've tried it at so many different temperatures because we've got a shelf of underfields at the brewery, so every now and again we'll crack one open. Mm. And on a warm day, there's so many essences, there's so much flavour coming out of it. And when you've got it nice and cool, it's closer to a lager almost. It's like a real crisp, clean IPA. The warmer you have it, the more real and alien it gets, I guess. Mm. Interesting. We well, got two. I ended up getting a second one when I went to your other shop because they were doing the uh, yeah. spend over X amount and get get it. <laughs> and I was just like, well, I'll get one more beer. <laughs> you're a sucker. <laughs> oh, you twisted my ankle. <laughs> so do you want to give us an intro as to, to Babs the Third? Babs the Third. Oh, <laughs> Babs has been such an exciting project to work on yet again. Mm. Um, it's one of those things you just like working away and you're thinking, why are we putting all these stouts in the barrel? So this... Two and a half years ago, maybe, we were brewing all these stouts and we did a um, one that my mate called Imps and Goblins, <laughs> so an imperial stout, um, really high bitterness, 45 IBU, um, fermented in steel and then aged in a range of different barrels. We had whiskey, bourbon, um, and two sherries. I'm not going to say the names. <laughs> so the first Babs was just the blend of that mm. and then the second Babs the we had also brewed a big stout at the same time using some like um high high achieving English ale yeast of some kind <laughs> and um so started off with a starting gravity of 11.33.7 I do believe <laughs> And this was a beer made over five days. So we did this simple brew with ale yeast, got that fermenting. And then we started adding all these dark chocolate malts and stuff. Mm. And the beer got bigger and bigger until it was insanely strong. And um, chucked in this yeast, which at the time, I don't know if we were sure about, but it was a diastatic yeast. Mm. Um, and we put this in the wine barrels, rum barrels, Jamaican rum, Barbados rum bourbon um i think that might have been it no whiskey whiskey just bourbon mm. um we had like 22 barrels of it i think <laughs> um we've got three left and <laughs> um, two of them are the jamaican rum yeah <laughs> because it's so intense mm. and you get like a single barrel of it, it's like it's just like being in a hospital you get like this <laughs> Well, it um, TCP mm-hmm. um, really like yeah, not nice by itself. But you can get one into like a blend of ten to fifteen barrels, and it gives this lovely molasses flavour. Mm. Right. Okay. So yeah, the first year was just a blend of one batch, and that came out about eleven. 
1.3 or something. Then second year, we've, we've put more of these bigger beers into it. So um, this delusions of grandeur, which is it's just a blending stock. Mm-hmm. Um, it fermented down to 18%. So mm-hmm. this is what a dry stout is in my head. <laughs> it's just booze and no sugar at all. And um, yeah. so a big proportion of this is made from that. The last of the wine barrels, a few of the rum barrels, mm. and then some other beers as well as that. Um, but all stout. Yes. And it's, it's once again the next jump up. We've gone from our beginning <laughs> of seven point six point five all the way up to now fourteen point five. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah fourteen point five. And I can I can feel it with this one. Oh, is what you, I'll oh, say. You can. It's very warming. It is so warm, uh. so comforting, <laughs> like a mm-hmm. in a nice way, and it's yeah, <laughs> comforting in a like in a as in like I mean, if you said to someone, "I am comforted by this alcohol," they'd be like, uh, "Are you okay?" Okay, but okay. I mean, like <laughs> it's yeah, it's just like an e- it's an evening, it's an evening beer, mm. and I could uh, what was I going to say? Um, see, this is where oh yeah, Babs too. Um, we had it when we were on yeah. ho- on holiday. And I Which paired holiday? it, uh, this Cornwall, this this year. In August? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I paired it with the blue cheese and I did. I posted about oh. it on, um, on our Instagram because the pairing was so perfect. Oh, I was, and like, we also had like an amazing view off of the balcony as well. I was like in heaven. So yeah, yeah, it was spectacular. And now, do we have any blue cheese? We do badly? have some Westcom blue cheese. <laughs> yeah, do, do we? Do we, we? Do, also, I'm noticing because two. Wait, this one's red wine as well, isn't it? So we've had two yeah. with red wine barrels, and I can tell because Bradley's going a nice shade of pink. Am I going pink? <laughs> You're going a little bit pink. <laughs> Bradley gets a little bit pink when he has a bit of red wine, so that's adorable. Uh. <laughs> Just for a visual. <laughs> but the head's interesting on this, like because it's it's not as um it's not it, like I say I called it a head, not a crammer, because I wouldn't call the head on this a crammer. No, it's mm. paler. Yeah, and yeah, I mean it still sticks to the sides, but yeah, this is this is good. I'm I've been very happy with all three of these beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Me too. Oh my so for me, god! The first one was like very sherry influenced, mm. yeah. and then last year's was, it, it was the blend of the rum and the wine barrels again. But it came out like a port to me. Mm. And like it had this lovely, rich viscosity and sweetness, which I don't know if it was actually there or not, or if it was a, a deception of <laughs> what had been put together. I think it was sweeter than this one. Yeah, it was creamier, I would say. Yeah. This one feels very neutral. Yeah. In yeah, a good it, way. Like, not, it doesn't... Like, it's it not just, tart, and it's not, like, it sweet, creamy. Quite, it's in the it middle. It's quite pure. Oh, God. Like, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's not... Yeah, it's not re. Really, it's not a milk stout, and it's not a... Mm. It's not tart. It's not modus. It's like mm. right bang in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Is what I would say. Um, mm. Is there coffee in this? There will be a little bit. We put a little bit of wine beast in there, or will yeah. be in yeah. there, but nothing that should make that much of an effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making it up. <laughs> but I think we put a lot of chocolate malt and that's heavy malt that's going to bring out that 
coffee aspect. Yeah, I mm. think that's what I'm tasting. And you've got the dry tannins of like two and a half years in barrel. Um, this beer just soaked all of the flavour out of these old wine barrels. That we had. <laughs> yeah. Can you reuse an old wine barrel? Or once you've used it once, is that a kind of like it's diminishing returns? No, we. Um, I think we've used some barrels up to like 11 times and you use them for different uses. So if we get fresh wine barrels in, we'll use them for something like Wine Beast mm. or um, Modus is a really good example. Mm. We use first and second use red wine and bourbon barrels. Yeah. And the first use you get like that dry, crisp character from the wine. And on the second use, you get a bit more acidity. Mm. We are going to do a bit of experimenting with cleaning up barrels and seeing if we can get a cannibal barrel-aged beer oh, cool. in Ooh. the future. So this is going to be a lot of R&D and mm. a lot of work for myself and Laura, the lab girl, the, the scientist of the bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeast master and such. Mm. And um, we're going to be... Yeah, putting the beer into barrel um, and hoping for it to come out clean so we can put it through our canning line. That's Ooh. exciting. Completely going backwards on what I've learned to do there. Mm. <laughs> Are you scared? I don't know. I'm a little bit, but like really excited by it. I love, like, this has been a learning curve from the start to however far I go in the world of brewing. Mm. Yeah. I could call quite happily like design a recipe now and stuff like that but I still I'm fully aware that I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> well that's the thing in your role you can't get so attached to a specific recipe I guess because it's just it's always going to be different and like you say Ooh. there's going to be just so many things thrown at you and that's that's why you call wild beer like not only are you creating wild fermented beers but like you are you're just experimenting you're you're nuts the lot of you yeah exactly <laughs> well i can't remember who it was the other day but they're talking about our name and that we use wild yeast and that's why we're wild beer yeah and it like clicked in my head but i didn't it didn't come to like the forefront of my mind at the time but we're called wild beer because of the wild fish ingredient. That doesn't need to be yeast. That doesn't need mm -hmm. to be like anything in particular, but it's just trying new things. It's mm. like, mm -hmm. it's exciting. It's cool. And like, people are going to fuck up. And the, the public are going to sit through all this shit painstakingly having to drink every fucking night to find the best and the worst beers or the best and the worst ciders or the best and the worst wines or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's going to be like the wine world where you walk in the Tesco and you just like a hundred beers mm. up on the wall and you're like, oh, God, which one's got the prettiest picture on it? I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the thing. That's but, how you progress, though. That's the, you yeah. have to just keep, you know, I'm sure like the inventor of the toilet was like, oh, this doesn't work. This is rubbish. I was going to use another beer analogy of just like if people if people hadn't innovated, we'd never have had you know East Coast West yeah. Coast stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a better example. Let's do I that. was going to say like you know <laughs> it's 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 all about you know we they're some of the most popular beers nowadays were created because they went we don't want to do it like that we're going to do it differently but you know also the toilet I guess. <laughs> well, I can't get 
get this picture out of my head now. The bloke who invented the toilet, whoever the fuck that might be, sat on the toilet going, this is shit. (laughs) Thank you once again, James, for coming on and chatting to us. We would love to have you on again. Um, We didn't bring it up in the episode, but they were talking about a beer that might be releasing in January. Mm. Um, So potentially we might be having him back on again to talk about that beer. Mm. Um, they were very nice beers. If you very are grateful, yes. If you are, if you are interested in trying any of these beers, you can currently buy them on Wild Beer's website. You can also get them from their two shops. One is located at their brewery, which also sells wonderful cheese, which we mentioned, which I have already pretty much destroyed within <laughs> the last week. Uh, so I'll be needing to buy some again. Uh, and their other shop is just outside of Shepton Mallet. Um, so it's very easy to pass if you're heading off in that direction. Uh, they're releasing more beers in the coming weeks. Um, one beer was Trillionaire. Mm. So if you like Millionaire, just got better. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm trying to think if there's any other marketing thing. And uh, also, uh, Wild Beer are one of those uh, one of the breweries that you can also get in a lot of major supermarkets. Yeah, you didn't mention that there are cases with cheese as well. So you can buy a case and it has like a couple of the cheeses and a couple of the beers. Nice. Um, we'll be back again next week with hops sure <laughs> hops we're going to be chatting about the, we've all always things got hops. hops in these episodes but we're going to be doing a bit more of a deep dive into hops uh, adequately probably titled hops 101 really you've decided that why not anyway thank you very much for listening <laughs> you can find us on instagram twitter facebook you can follow the podcast listen to the podcast we're all podcasts reside please give us a rating please recommend us to a friend it always helps you can follow phoebe on untapped where you can see what she and i are currently drinking which as we're about to go into another lockdown might be a little might not be very much who knows (laughs) might be absolutely loads might be loads (laughs) hopefully not we still got a lot in our fridge that we haven't drunk yet so loads in our fridge jeez um you can email us at hellohighhops at gmail.com for, for any recommendations generally just have a chat why not why not what else have you got to do <laughs> very true <laughs> hope everyone's safe take care support independent all right yeah <laughs> no do <laughs> yeah no fair enough fair enough um exactly and we'll see you next week bye